Hi guys, welcome back to Giant Talk, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Kawan, the dedicated OKR software. Today you join us for a conversation all about cross-functional OKRs and this is another episode in our OKR toolkit we've made really accessible for people to get started with OKRs. I'm going to ask Roger to do another intro for me, a really brief (laughs) one because everyone knows who you are now but you've just got to say who you are again for me. Yeah, I'm Roger, I'm the founder of There Be Giants. Uh, Yeah, we've been going for 10 years, we've been doing OKR for six, Uh, work all around the world with clients, both large and small, and OKR implementations. There you go. Perfect, (laughs) brief, I like it. (laughs) And I'm Jenny, I'm your Giant Talk host for today. So let's dive into cross-functional OKRs. So what do we mean by cross-functional? Okay, so uh, with the majority of organizations, they are still structured in a very functional, perhaps you might say hierarchical way, Mm. uh, which has its pluses and minuses. Um, But uh, what we mean by cross-functional is in terms of OKRs, we mean uh, OKRs that are set in such a way so as to bring together a team of, of, of contributors that comprises of people from more than just one function, more than just one function. And this is quite a departure from the traditional management by objective practices that have been used in previous decades where you've seen, you know, objectives set at company level and then them set at, uh, you know, functional or department level and then them cascaded all the way through those, those, those functions or departments. And whilst on the face of it, they, that might sound like, you know, why wouldn't you do that? Because that sounds like it's pretty logical. The, 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 the risk of doing it that way is that when you get to the end of the period and everything rolls back up to the top, you've got no way of knowing until that point as to whether things align, whether you're going to, you know, be able to, uh, achieve what it is that you'd set at com- uh, you know at company level, and consequently you end up with whilst whilst the period is running, loads of activity running in isolation in each in mm. each function or department, which effectively is why we call them silos, um, because to all intents and purposes there's literally hard walls either side of those mm-hmm. of those departments, and they're. There are also sometimes financial barriers in the way because there might be budgets that could uh, uh, get in the way of, you know, one person in one department who's being paid for by that department working on something that uh, is, 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 is being shared with another department. So sometimes there could be like internal financial barriers, particularly around budgets and cost allocations, which need to be ironed out to make this, make this practical. But, um, Without doubt, it is absolutely critical if an organization is going to be truly responsive and agile. And if they're going to really fully commit to OKRs, uh, they need to really embrace cross-functional OKRs. And, and the, the, where I, the thing I, I, I talk about in, that, that leads to cross-functional OKRs is that uh, if you if you have cross-functional OKRs, you'll have them because your objectives are being guided correctly, and uh, and as they should be by the priorities in your strategy, not by the structure of your organisation. Yeah. yeah, and that means that you have a much greater chance of 
building uh, focus and you've got a much greater chance of then you know achieving the priorities that you've set for yourself mm-hmm. so that's what we mean by cross-functional that's what we mean by cross-functional so when we talk about cross-functional cross-functional um are you advocating that everyone should be working in tribes and squads or no yeah i mean <laughs> yeah Spotify have made that really sexy haven't they mm-hmm. and um you know I, I, no not necessarily i'm not saying it's a bad thing yeah it's a huge investment if you want to make that uh, one of our clients uh, i mean tribes and squads you know it's very uh, you know very tech company yeah. type thing however you know we are seeing those sorts of structures em- emerge in 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 far more mature sectors like we worked with a, a bank in argentina last year and they have, you know, across all 10,000 employees, they've moved to a away from a departmental structure to a tribes and squad structure. Mm. You know, hats off to them. That's a hell of an investment to make and a massive reorganization. And they've they've put OKRs in there as well to 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 support that. And it's going really well. Mm. But you don't have to make that level of investment to gain, you know, the cross-functional benefits that you can you you, you can get from from OKRs. Uh, you can still have your functions. It's just that you open your mind and allow, as an organization, your goal structure to step away from your organizational hierarchical structure. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Certainly certainly the goals that uh, are, are focusing, and I would imagine these are probably the most important goals in, in the organization, that are focusing on whatever's going to drive growth or yeah. change or innovation so uh yeah to i don't believe that you need to you know fully commit to tribes and squads um but you can you can still get that cross-functional benefit even if you you know you're you're, 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 you're you know you're still working in a in a in a, in a relatively hierarchical uh, structure i mean i, I <laughs> delve into uh, an example from my um uh, from my former lifetime when I used to work in corporate, and this is going back, you know, 10 or 15 years now. And uh, the organization had what was known as professional communities. So there's 15,000 people in the okay. UK. Mm. There was there, there was definite functions. There was a definite functional structure to the business, but we had professional communities that kind of run horizontally. And each one of those professional communities uh, was was home to – uh, a, a particular a people who share who, who all had a particular discipline so there'd be one for project managers there'd be one for uh, uh, technical architects there'd be one for sales and uh, and so on and so forth mm. and and whilst it wasn't quite the tribes and squads that spotify has it was going in that direction okay so this is you know so spotify yeah okay they they've been public about what they've done and and it's great because it has inspired a lot of organizations to become more agile but i could see the foundations of those types of structures those types of matrix structures really starting to emerge you know 15 perhaps even 20 years ago Mm -hmm. so i guess what i'm saying is um it's not a massively new principle (laughs) yeah yeah okay so something you mentioned a little bit earlier and something I just want to revisit on is silos. Yeah. So we hear this word banded about, but what's the problem with them? Yeah, well, you know, silos, um, 
you you can often find that particularly in uh, you know in very functionally aligned organizations where the hierarchy is still very strong you get a lot of uh, people that um kind of become quite native to their part of the business yeah and sometimes you can see a bit of them and us uh, mm-hmm. starting to happen uh, sometimes this is driven by as i was saying before certain financial um uh, mechanisms that are put in place uh, around budgets you know i'm protecting my budget so therefore mm-hmm. you're not having any of my people um and what that uh, means is that where you have a priority which needs genuine collaboration you can find that sometimes people can become quite protectionist quite political uh, and that gets in the way of 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 that priority being achieved either in the sense that it stops it or it certainly slows it down mm. so yeah silos i've yet to hear anybody speak fondly of silos mm. everybody kind of everybody i think uh, who who hears that word and certainly in my experience so far has uh, kind of relates to it mm. uh, and and no one usually has a good thing to say about it <laughs> And I suppose as well, just talking on silos, I suppose it's almost that kind of um, two heads are better than one. So if you're working in silos and you've got a project or an OKR, for example, and there's someone in another team that could be really beneficial to help the progress of that. And if it's kind of silo driven, then there may be not that opportunity to say like you work cross-functionally. So it's almost like you're missing out, it feels like. Yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. No, that's a good point. That's a, that's a very good point. Um, and And... Yeah, it, it's it is about having the, the the really you know the key people on that team, mm. um, and it's so powerful when it happens. So mm. powerful when it happens. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results. Helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Coan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favourite features about Coan? So the thing that I really love about Coan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps... Uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system so in terms of an okr what does a cross-functional one look like okay so i'll use an example if i may so again this is from another client uh, another project that we, we did last year. And the scenario before OKRs was sales had a target to sell a product. Yeah. And this was a technology business, by the way, had to sell a product. But the product teams who were developing the software hadn't actually completely released that product. So sales had nothing to sell, even though they had a target. Right. So sales were feeling quite vulnerable about this because they were getting measured on something which they had no control over, no influence over, and so on and so forth. And so there'd be, 
quite a bit of ball throwing, you know, that would happen, uh, or rather more like brick throwing between <laughs> between the two teams. And, you mm -hmm. know, why aren't we delivered? Well, you know, we're doing it on our own time and we're doing it as quickly as possible. And, you know, products weren't being particularly outcome focused. If people have listened to the previous episode, would have heard me talk about the the, the real uh, value of outcome focused key results. They were yeah. just focused on delivering it they weren't focused on actually the sales that it then went ahead and generated, you know, the revenue that it generated. So when they decided to put OKRs in place, one of the things that was done was to create a shared OKR um, around the delivery and, uh, and, and, the, uh, and, and the impact of this, of this particular product. And that meant that that then required a number of people from products and a number of people from sales to come together uh, and be key contributors. So they owned uh, specific key results under under this uh, this objective. There was a leader, there was a leader, an objective leader, mm. who was the person who kind of just makes sure the team is 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 brought together, that the team has everything they need, that they're you know cutting through any any barriers that might be in the way and that they've got what they need to do the job. But then it's the key contributors who are kind of owning key measures around this. But the point is that they have something that they are united behind, that they're, sh they're now sharing. And, mm. you know, I've talked in, in, in earlier conversations about how important routine and of conversation is and that there should be a, a you know, a, a, a habit of conversation around this. So that team was actually getting together every two weeks to look at those metrics and look at those levels of confidence. And the, the result was that some significant um, uh, 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 breakthroughs were made in the level of collaboration mm. uh, and the speed as well mm. at which they managed to get that product to market compared with how long it had taken previously. Yeah. Uh, so sales were, more, uh, were happier because they weren't quite feeling as exposed and... And also, products were starting to become more aware of the actual impact yeah. that the work was having. So there's that whole purpose-driven thing that was starting to come into it. So everyone was winning. But the difference was that, they, that the organization had decided to shift its way of setting objectives from instead of just setting an objective for sales and an objective for product, it brought them together under a common one, under a shared one. Yeah, it's really interesting. So I think probably we've got listeners at the moment that are probably listening to this thinking that's what we need is cross-functional OKRs. Mm. So how would they go about building them? Right. And any okay. kind of top tips, I guess, around that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, there's a key point in the, in the uh, objective building for an organisation uh, where it's very easy to go one way or another and mm -hmm. that point is once you've created the, the, the company level okrs uh the 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 one way or another point comes straight after that because it's then what do you do for that first level of three month okrs or four month or whatever your cycle is going to be what but what do you do for that that first cycle's worth of okrs right because the people that have been involved in creating those those company OKRs are typically, you know, the C-suite, the exec team, the heads of, and they're all sat around the table, and they all kind of want to 
step forward and you know show some willingness to 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 take ownership and say yeah my team can do this my department can do this my function can do that and whilst that may sound good i mean you know it's you know people like to see others you know stepping up and taking responsibility that then inadvertently then reinforces the silos yeah yeah can see that yeah so to to avoid that the question to ask is okay out of these 12 month okrs what are the priorities that are arising out of them and what are are what could we do what um, whether you want to call them projects or initiatives or whatever whatever you want to call them but what is it that we could do over the next the next cycle to make progress against uh, on, on these company okrs mm-hmm. And when you've gone through that process of working, working out what those ideas are, you can kind of funnel those down into, you know, select the, the, the chosen few, and then you can develop your OKRs around them. And the, 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 there's a high degree of probability that those will be uh, cross-functional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because you're being guided by, the priorities you're not you're not kind of coming at this from right what can ops do what can sales yeah. do what can finance do you're coming at this from actually what are what is it we could do as an organization to drive this yeah, yeah. um and you know and the example being before launch a new product well actually launching a new product includes a number of different capabilities number of different functions within yeah. the, within the business so therefore who are the key contributors that we need and so once you've established that and you've kind of got your objective and you can kind of map that across all the different um, core uh, activities that you have across the organisation, which like, can include you know, functions, departments, squads, tribes, whatever, mm-hmm. you kind of map them across and you say, right, how, how does this look? You know, what's the level of contribution that, e- 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 that each of these areas need to make? And then that then helps build up a picture from from a resourcing point of view as to the load on each area so you can have an adult conversation around an informed conversation around whether that area actually has the capacity to support you know the demands yeah. that you're going to be placing on it or whether you actually might need to defer one of the okrs until then until the cycle after this this current one or this upcoming one uh, but it also gives you a very clear steer as to which uh, which of the uh, the areas you should be inviting contributors from to help form the teams and build up the rest of the, the key results. And there you go. You've then got yourself uh, a, a cross-functional OKR. Amazing. Um, and I suppose just when I'm listening to you kind of talk about that then, it's kind of very much about having the right people work on a project rather than just the people that are available if that makes sense, kind of. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, it, it is about having the right people. Uh, yeah, and and that, and like I said, it's that it's that kind of pause to say, right, okay, this is what we want to do over the next three or four months. Um, who is it, or which areas do we need contributors from? Mm-hmm. Uh, and 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 so therefore, who is it we should have on those teams? Yeah. Yeah. Great. And so, I suppose a company might set up these cross-functional OKRs, and then. And then think about how they how can they continue to grow cross-functionally is probably something they probably ask. So how can they continue to do that in the future? So in terms of um, cross-functionality, I mean, I think 
as you know, as I said, as I said at, at the beginning, you know, you you can, you know, go a whole hog and invest in completely restructuring your organisation to something like tribes and squads and so on, if you wish. But I think that the, you know, just just using some cross-functional objectives at the uh, at, at, at what we would call um, uh, level two, which is you know the ones that set the priorities for the upcoming three months or four months or however long your cycle is. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's all you kind of need to start off with because that then guides the rest of the activity. I don't necessarily think that you need further cross-functional teams beneath those. Okay. Um, certainly not in the, not 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 necessarily to start with. Um, it may as you as as your use of OKRs develops and your confidence as an organization grows with them, it may be that you decide to have beneath those cross-functional OKRs further cross-functional OKRs. But I think uh, let, let's let's be let's be sensible here. You know, for some organizations, this is a major mindset shift. Mm. Mm. And this is a major organizational shift. And there could be quite a lot of resistance that you have to overcome in the yeah. organization. I'm not, I'm, and I'm not saying that that's necessarily people standing in the way of it. But like I, like I alluded to earlier, I think there could be systems and processes that have been running for years and years and years that, have, can, that just reinforce the, you know, the hierarchical structure, which kind of need to be maybe flexed and cha- uh, challenged and flexed and changed. Mm. And that's not necessarily going to, going to happen overnight. Hell, you might even set an OKR to try and change and flex them. Who knows? <laughs> um, but I think if if you're, I think I think it's a case of trying out the the you know the ones at at at, 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 at you know the top of the uh, the cycle, the ones that are guiding the cycle at cross functional in a cross functional way, and seeing how that runs, and then using the reflections at the end of your quarterly cycle to to check in and see whether has the process worked for us is it is it delivering value is anything getting in the way of it how could we make it better um is there anything we need to stop or stop doing as a result of this um so in terms of to come back to your question about how do we continue to grow cross-functional cross-functionality i don't think there's any one answer to that Mm. other than continually reflect and continually ask yourself whether um, is how we're working um, the best possible way we can work or, or uh, and, and even if it's giving us how, great results there's always room for improvement so yeah. that killer question is how could it be better how mm. could it be even better yeah yeah and like I said, some of those some of those changes might be around organizational structures, processes, so on and so forth. And then, you know, if you want to throw everything in, then yeah, you could go for the full Spotify structure mm-hmm. if you wanted. And I think just like reflecting on kind of that answer there, then that, on that what we've just spoken about, I would imagine as kind of cross functionality becomes more culturally embedded and it just becomes yes. more of the norm and like everyday yes. business. Yes. It just becomes easier and easier and that's where it grows naturally, I yes. guess. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So in many ways, it could be about um, the organization introducing the tools that support cross functionality mm. as well, cross functional working. Um, which could be using, you know, Microsoft have got all sorts of Teams tools now and Slack's available yeah. and so on. all that stuff which can help with sort of that short 
communication which is available and and uh, to to everybody in that particular team or that particular channel rather than the you know just the one to one or one to a few of of, of email mm. um so that yeah it, it, you know it could be about putting the right tools in place as well and i think especially given kind of the years that 2020 and 2021 looks like they're going to be and probably the size of an organization if you work in an extremely large organization those tools like you've said are just becoming more and more important yeah. because potentially teams aren't seeing each other from one year to the next face to face at the moment so um like you say really important for that cross-functional working yes great so that really fascinating discussion thanks for joining me today roger um another great episode of giant talk on our toolbox podcasts um next time we'll be talking about floodlight and spotlight so join us for our next episode we hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you soon thanks now